Hello guys and welcome back to Brothers of the Game. So a little late on getting this episode out, we've had a lot of stuff going on with finals week and whatnot, and so this is also going to be the last episode of 2018. We're going to wait till 2019 rolls around and we're done with all of our family Christmassy stuff and doing things there, so yeah. And just to just hop right on in there, we're going to talk about our family Christmas traditions. So Baggins, you can start off, since you have such a limited knowledge pool as we learned last time of your memory banks. Hey, shush, okay? Asked you. I'm just saying, your memory sucks, as we saw in the last episode. So, shrug. No, nobody asked you. Good thing it's free. Stop growling, Rocco. Go, Rocco. Why do you have Rocco? Hi. Because I has Rocco. I has the Dougal. Fair enough. Stop it. I am petting you. <laughs> anyway, so... So, so, so we, we stand at a sliding door. It is all wood. It is not glass, as apparently some people might immediately think. A sliding door has to be made out of glass. Yeah, that's kind of like, weird. Why would you like think it that? It can't not be... Well, typically, it is made out of glass nowadays. It is typically on a deck or something. I guess. But this is inside of a house. In the middle of the house. So there's no way it's made out of glass. We're not super fancy weirdos. <laughs> So we stand outside the sliding door. We all lined up. We all are all right. Let's go. And we all see Santa's presence just sitting there on the couch, and we fight over whose is whose. Um, I don't know if we fight over it's a bloodbath. It's not a bloodbath. The fight is on. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants the LOL surprise. <laughs> I mean, that's. And then we all realize that we actually have specific gifts, and so we just. It's not that hard for us to figure out whose is whose. In all honesty. Maybe as we get older, it's difficult because we're old. So we're not that old. Get over yourself. Maybe you're not, but I am. You are only four years. <laughs> that is no. That no. I'm already creaking, yourself. having old bones. Oh, psh, that's because you just sit all day. That's why we go to the gym. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And so my Christmas tradition that's my favorite is back when we were little, Mom had this giant, like, Santa bag, and inside were a bunch of wrapped uh, Christmas movies. And so we would pick out a movie a day, open it, and then watch it. And so I really enjoyed that. That was something different I never heard other families doing. And I just think that's a really neat little one. My favorite was Annabelle's Wish, which is basically, if you don't know it, it's a cow that wants to be a reindeer. And by the end of the movie, the cow becomes a reindeer. It's great. It's heartwarming. Makes you cry. It's a good it one. tells you that even though you're a human, you can be a bird if you believe hard enough. <laughs> what? What? Well, the cow became a reindeer, so. Where is the human coming into a bird work into this? You can, if you believe enough and you think you are, then you will be. Okay, Legend that of Zelda. That is the moral of the dag of the story. <laughs> I don't think this. You're ruining this. You can be anything you are ruining. You are ruining this story. You can be anything you want to be. You're an animal. Even if it's not physically <laughs> freaking possible. Christmas magic made it happen. Magic. What it always is. It always ends up being magic. Movie magic. That stuff too. It's powerful, you know. That's a wonderful Much thing. Power. Did you have a favorite Christmas movie? 
The completely food themed nutcracker. The completely food themed nutcracker. Oh, the nuttiest nutcracker. Yeah, dude. That one. Yeah. The one that now, if I'd watch it, it'd be the cheesiest thing ever. It was cheesy when it was when we first watched it. Nah, dude, it was state of the art. <laughs> yes, that CGI was amazing. You're just wow. Okay, that's the one you pick. Interesting. What? I, what, I, other I, what other honestly, one? Honestly, I'm not surprised. No, 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 I'm not. I'm just. It makes sense now that I reflect back on it. Yeah, it, that would be yours. Scrub. That would be yours. You are a scrub. I figured you would have picked like Charlie Brown or something, but I, I guess Charlie not. Brown is just a good classic. But you can't beat <laughs> the, the cheese. Oh my goodness! Can't the beat the cheese. cheese, man. Oh yeah. You can't beat the musical numbers. You can't really. Not not in that one. You can't. It's too good. It's too mm, beautiful. So delectable. I mean, I feel like Eminem's Otter's Jug Band Christmas would beat it out, though. If that, we're that musical would, numbers. Well, that would be like my number two, but you, I haven't watched that in a while, so that's, that doesn't like stick in my mind. We haven't gotten it out of the bag yet. so. What? They haven't gotten it out of the bag yet? They haven't picked it out, no. At least I don't think so. Hmm. Are they even still doing it there? Yes. Lily just got Santa Paws yesterday, which is a brand new one. That's the thing about all this. So we keep getting new Christmas movies, and we lose the classics. They get retired. No, they're still they're still in the bag. It's just you have to find them. <laughs> you just have to sit there and just feel them, and be like, "Is this tape or DVD?" And it's usually pretty easy. Well, yeah, because a freaking VHS is a giant <laughs> brick. It's not like a brick brick. It's like you it's know, it's a brick. It's like slightly bigger than a DVD. It's not slightly bigger. You can tell the difference in the weight differentials different. Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants. You can decide if you get a VHS or a DVD. Outside of that, it's all in the dark. <laughs> Just shot in there. Fingers crossed, boys. So, well, with that, keeping up with the Christmas theme here, Overwatch released their Winter Wonderland. Uh, event, which um, where all your dreams can be crushed by Jeff. Essentially, that's what it is. And so, a lot of new skins came out for the winter event, which is usually expected with all these events. Um, I'm not an uber fan of half of them, but I really like the other half. So it's just like mm, up in the air. But the only reason how it goes, you're not usually a fan of every skin. But the only thing, the only thing we really care about in this game, with this event, is getting the one emote that beats out Orisa's puppy emote, which is That's Torbjorn's true. My Baby's emote. Whereas Orisa is able to sit down and brings out, like, a, what is it, what, what is it, a Boston Terrier puppy. A Boston Bulldog is Terrier Boston? thing. Yeah. Anyway, she brings out a puppy. That's what she had last Christmas. This Christmas, Torbjorn opens up a gift, and three tiny little baby turns comes out, and they're so cute, and they're so petite, and so beautiful. Tiny little level one turrets. Ah, oh, it's so adorable. It's the best thing except, ever. Except his isn't a looping emote, which is kind of unfortunate. I know. I was hoping that they just keep running around his legs. That would have been awesome. Missed opportunities. So Expensive. I mean, but if we can afford to have Arissa to have a looping dog, I feel like we can afford to have... Torbjorn's too much of a meme to put 
money into. I mean, but they keep rework. They reworked the man. So I yes, feel and now they are done. And they're done. They're just done. We're done. Honestly, there's not anything else you can do to Torbjorn without just scrapping the character. Just like Symmetra. You can only do so much before it's like, scrap the character. Fair enough. And we'll get into whole character changes and whatnot in a minute. But what do you think about the whole event as a whole? Like, I know I know Jeff said they're, like, laying back on these events. Do you think that's good? Is that bad? Is that, like... It's a good idea, my dude. Really? Why do you say that? Because I'd rather them be working on stuff that actually matters to the game rather than events that, you know, it's only going to be there for a month, whereas the base game is there to stay. It's like, I can deal with a month of it being the same thing, but I'd rather you focus on something that's going to actually change and make the game better. So you wouldn't want, like, a new game mode with the winter event? I never liked the new game modes anyway. That's true. I don't really like the winter Capture ones. the Flag was lame. May Snowball is okay. No, not really. Yeti Hunt is stupid. Poor Yeti. No, the Yeti's OP now. Well, maybe. I swear they changed something. Or maybe I... it's just because they've tweaked May in the past that it, like, has affected it. Maybe. That could be a possibility. I don't know, but yeah, no, the Yeti feels stronger, but I, I did a couple rounds with it you know, the Yeti, and I, I had more of a losing streak than I did a winning streak. I don't know, I only played as the May because we were in a five stack, and we couldn't, we, we sucked. That's we only killed the Yeti, like, once. Yeah, see, that I think that was your problem. So, I, I mean, I think it's fine. They don't need, the skins is really all anybody cares about anyway. Yeah. I mean, I know everybody on YouTube's like, oh, where are the new events? Where are the new things? It's like, you're just doing that for content. You don't actually really care. I guarantee you, you don't really care because half those people play nothing but comp anyway. That's true. We I look think... at Stylosa. He only plays the game mode for, like, maybe just to get the loot boxes from Arcade, and then he goes back to competitive. It's like, you can't complain if you don't hardly use it. That's true. I mean, I, I, I use the events more than I do because I don't like going into comp. So, I mean, that's probably why I'd like more. But I don't. I just don't like Yeti or I, or May Snowball Offensive. So, that's why I like... the other thing is, it's like you can only do so many winter-themed events. Yeah. That no. can actually be done within the Overwatch universe. That's why we need a new hero so that can be Christmas. by them skipping a year, they actually give themselves an opportunity to come out with the new stuff next year. And not be like, well, what can we do? Because we already did this last year and this and this. It's like you've given yourself one year break to come up with really good stuff. True. Very true. So it'll be interesting. I'm 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 intrigued to see what all happens in the future. But for right now, Winter Wonderland is interesting. I like half the skins, I dislike the other half. So, I know I've said that. I don't know how many of you have seen the new Winter Skins or whatnot. I don't like Mercy's. Mercy seems lame to me. Um, along Mercy's with... is the best. I, I don't know what you're talking about because Lucio's is the best. Mercy's is the best, though. No, because she keeps getting all these freaking new skins and it's driving me insane. There are because more heroes. the fan favorite. There is more heroes than freaking Mercy that could but get skins. But she's the fan favorite. I get that she's the favorite. I don't get why she's not the face of Overwatch. It'd be a lot better because she's a real hero. Anyways. I mean, if we're being honest here, yeah, she is. She can save everybody else's butts. 
she compressed Q. She goes, she reverts back to Mercy 1.0 and just presses Q and saves. I'm just saying because more of the community likes Mercy than they do Tracer as like a character and playing her. So why not use her as the figurehead? It's a good question. It's a good question. Because Jeff didn't fully think this plan through. Did not fully think this plan through. But, I mean, Zarya's skin looks like a Fortnite skin. Yes. Which a lot of people don't understand why Why I would think that. And I go, like, well, have you played Fortnite? No. Then then just trust me. Then you'll me. never understand. <laughs> then just trust me. It's a Fortnite skin. It's a Fortnite. Have you not been on the internet for longer than five minutes? Yeah, like, for reals. Have you, like... You don't even have to play Fortnite. You just have to generally know what Fortnite is. And you should be able to tell the style is about the same. Yeah, no. Exactly. So It's not even about the contents. It's just the stinking style of it is the same. <laughs> it is exactly what it, it just... It could be a crocodile instead of a teddy bear. And if the style is still done, it still looks like Fortnite. Still looks like Fortnite, guys. Still looks like it. Still like... Oh, speaking of Fortnite, for those of you who uh, know about Fortnite and Epic Games and whatnot, Epic Games has a new, like, game launcher similar to Steam. Um, for those they of you who like... store that sucks! I mean, you can call it sucking, but, you know... But I can't search in the store. Because they only got, like, five games at the moment. They just got birthed. Okay, calm down. And I couldn't even click I, on I, one of them. I, it was, like, bugged. No, I don't think it's released yet, because I tried clicking on one of the free ones, too, and it says it yeah, doesn't meat, release. Yeah, Meat Boy won't the, unlock. Till the 28th, because that's what it says in the freaking title. That's lame, title. though. It's getting you hyped. The game, the game has been out for quite some time. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's but on the, Steam. It's been there. I know, but Fortnite has... Epic Games the has to compete with people. So anyways, I'm trying to say stuff. If you like survival games, Subnautica, if you've heard of it, it's free on the Epic Games Store. So Until the 27th of December. Exactly. So go get it, play it, and whatnot. Also, I... if you like good gums, Ashen is looking pretty fly, and it's not even out yet, but on the Epic Games Store. Ashen? Steam, Steam, Ashen. It should be there on the front. It On Steam, it still says to be disclosed, but they have it on the Epic Games Store. So, Ashen. Ashen. It looks pretty fancy, and uh, I might actually buy it. I just like the aesthetic, and it looks cool. It looks like and I mine. need something to hold me over till a certain game comes out. Yes, which we will continue to talk about in a little bit. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the patches that came through uh, with the Winter Wonderland event, which does nerf several heroes and buff others, and then just makes beauty with one. So, I'll start off, and then we'll just kind of maybe tag around with this. Yes. Okay, so the first first little update that's important to all of us, and those... The only one that matters... Essentially, is that Bob will now have a golden tint when Ash equips her golden weapon. So now, you get a golden Bob, which is something beautiful. All the gold. He is now the most valuable golden gun in the entire game. Mm-hmm. It's the most gold. We thought Bastion had the most gold per square meterage, but now we have Bob. Bob. Bob is the best golden gun. So Bob is the best. <laughs> so save up your competitive points and get Bob in his golden skin. That's all you need. And speaking of Baggins' whole little Bastion thing, he will read the next one. Uh, while his recon, he now does 10 more ammo. 
you know, he ha he has ten more ammunition, which is pretty fun. Bigger clips, boy. So he now has thirty five ammo instead of twenty five. So now he can screw up his shots even more. <laughs> okay. And then you have his sentry form and his spread has been decreased by 33%. So we have Sniper Bastion back again, and they deleted that for a reason, so I don't know why it's back. I don't know if it gives him sniper abilities. Cause I it's think It's decreased by 33%. But I don't think I don't think he can do headshots though, so He doesn't have to do headshots. <laughs> I mean, that, that, but if 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 heavy F two needs to do headshots, it's a freaking Gatling gun. You put enough in them, and it won't matter if it's a headshot or not. I'm just saying he doesn't have headshot capabilities. That's what I'm saying. So I don't see. He's still sniper Bastiano. Well, Sombra's a sniper with her Glock, so I don't want to hear it. Snipers and Faros beware. Bastion is your new <laughs> opponent. Oh the yeah. New challenger approaches. Totes, not until he gets back his shield. He doesn't need one. He has Orissa, so you have double Gatling guns. <laughs> it's better than what he was. That is the real Bastion 2.0. Oh, is it? Fair enough. Fair enough. And then the next hero, which I know most of you will rejoice with, but I cry for, is Brigitte. She got Brigitte Lindholm. She got nerfed. For no insane reason. Oh, and so, anyways, my. moving on. Shield Bash no longer can travel or stun targets through barriers, and the damage from the shield is reduced from 50 to 5. So, okay, fine. She can't bash through a shield, but that means she can't help in a dive situation at the time now either, because guess who has a bubble? Is Winston. And if the Winston's smart, which most are, then the shield will be able to prevent Brigitte to help out so it's a problem i don't like that nullifying the damage i kind of get it but i don't know why we went so drastic with it because now she can't counter a tracer which was helpful in the whole but, dive meta but, thingy but she can the whole fact that she's even in the game is still an anti-tracer still but it gives too much hope you know um yeah it means the tracer has to like be smart. I mean, because a stun is still a stun. That's true, but that's and if, if she's protecting a Zenyatta and Zenyatta's next to her, it's like, oh hey, bash the tracer, ping ping, dead. Whoa, Zenyatta, you're a DPS now. I have never left. <laughs> okay, Jonak. Wow. Besides, wow. Jonak doesn't even need a brig. He kills tracers for breakfast. Yeah, because he has a pocket mercy. Oh no! Even without the mercy, he still shreds them. Because he has a pocket, anyways. Moving on, so I don't, I don't get the whole like no going through barriers thing. I mean, I understand it, but it's like because... if her barrier, if her barrier is not allowed to go through other barriers, then other barriers shouldn't go through other barriers. So we shouldn't be able like... to shield stack then. Because it's like it's I'm just an saying, interesting futuristic. Like if it's going at a certain velocity, then they cancel out each other. Then whenever Arissa throws out her shield and Ryan accidentally pops up his, then hers should be, like, eaten or deflected her, backwards. But her shield doesn't... It, it isn't flying open, though. It's just a little thingy, and then once it lands, then it pops up. And I'm just saying it should be, like, something... Like, if this is what the shield technology is going to be in Overwatch, a Welcome lot of other to stuff. game logic. I'm going to give you game logic up your butt. Anyways, moving on, since somebody in the room has issues...
I'm just saying, welcome to the game logic. Game logic does not have to make actual sense. It just has to work for the game. That is the whole point in game logic. That's why there's real logic and why there is game logic. It's BS either way. That's the point, is that game logic is not supposed to make sense in the real world. It only makes sense in the game world. And that's why you can have one shield not go through another shield, but then other shields can go through another. It's because that's called game logic. It's messed up. Brigitte tweaked her shield just differently <laughs> enough from the other shields that it now no longer goes through those shields. So Brigitte nerfed velocity. herself. That's essentially what happened. She tweaked it too much. <laughs> she jacked with it too much. And so another change to Brigitte is her Inspire, which is her, like healing aura that she has the cooldown for it's been reduced to a second the duration has been increased to six seconds and the healing that it can do total has been increased to a hundred so a buffs her to be more of a healer instead of you know being protective instead of being a dps you know i mean She's not a dps arena Neither is, you know, Zenyatta or Reinhardt, but you still see them going all DPS What are you mode. talking about? Zenyatta's always been a DPS. He's never not been a DPS. I'm just saying, he's in the healer category. And Reinhardt's only a DPS if he has two healers on him. Well, you just lost one because Brigitte can't stay alive long enough anymore. That's okay, because the Rhein needs direct healing, not AoE healing. Oh, okay, so the armor pack does nothing he, for you. He needs an orb saying? and either a Mercy or an Ana just constantly on him. Uh, with the discords to be a DPS. I don't think you understand the plight that Reinhardt is in right now. I feel like he just lost his squire. He he never really had his squire because the squire is in his backline, not with him. I don't know what you're talking about. I was always with you. So Then you're in the wrong spot. No, if you watch people, that's where Brigitte you're is supposed, supposed to be. That's well, why yeah, for the shield bash, but outside of that, you're supposed to be with your healers. Not if they're all freaking near the Reinhardt. Well, yeah, then you are technically with the Reinhardt, but you're not going there to be with the Reinhardt. You're going there to be with your secondary heal. I don't think you understand how Ghost works. I wasn't talking about specifically Ghosts here. I was talking about the game in general. I did I ever say goats? No. I don't think, I don't think you understand. No, I did how not the game say goats. I don't think you understand how this works. Speaking of goats, one of the big goat busters that has arisen has been nerfed. Baggins, can you walk us through the poor man? No, because you can't accept the fact that it's okay for Brig to be nerfed into a healer. Oh no, how dare she be in the healer category and be a healer? I get that, but if the healer can't survive, if the healer cannot live long enough, then what's the what point? What are you talking about? Her armor negates a good chunk, and then she just her armor negates it. exactly fifty damage, and then she gets shredded. And, and that's good because that's all she needs to survive. Because she hits you once. Oh look, I'm healing myself. I feel like you're missing the point that I said we're moving on in the list. Doomfist has been nerfed. To the point where nobody wants to play him. Oh no. He's rising uppercut. Your loss of air control is now at 0.6 seconds instead of 3 seconds long. What does that mean? So now you can actually move when you get uppercut, dude. Oh, dang. You're only stunned for 0.6 seconds and locked into whatever animation you're locked into. Whereas before, you're locked into a flying animation for 3 seconds. Boy, oh, and boy. you'd go off the cliff. 
because he was a balanced hero. And then we have his seismic slam. His maximum range has been reduced from 20 meters to 15. Not really too bad because you kind of want to be close range anyway for your uppercut to hit. Granted, I didn't really play Doomfist, so I don't know. Maybe it's kind of trash. I haven't heard a whole lot that that's really a bad idea. just means you have to aim your shot better with your seismic slam. And then targets no longer lose air control while being pulled in. So they can still like turn around and not face you and all that fancy stuff. And then now Meteor Strike, the inner ring, which it has a small center ring, and then that big outer ring. The radius has been increased from 1.5 meters to 2, so it gains 0.5 more, so fancy, fancy. However, the outer ring maximum damage has been decreased from 300 to 200. So, in theory, you can still kill a squishy with the outer ring, but it's still way better if you get them in the center ring. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of people complain about that because they haven't been able to kill. Yes, know. it's now an escape ultimate, which is kind of dumb. Well, it's an escape or it's a combo ult where you work with like a Zarya or something. Yeah, but if you can't do anything else and you can't get it charged up quickly, then there's no point in playing the hero. I mean, he's one of those heroes that relies on his ult a lot to just kind of A, move around behind enemy lines and maybe get a kill with it. But at least before, you're more guaranteed to actually get a kill. Whereas now, it's like, well, I feel like maybe if they made the animation of him coming down a little faster, it wouldn't feel so bad. Because the fact is, is that, yeah, it's fast, but it's still slow enough to where you can walk out of the center ring and survive now. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I can see that. I just, I mean... You know, it sucks when a hero gets nerfed into the ground like this, but, you know. Hmm. I, I wouldn't know that feeling ever Did, did Doomfist get nine consecutive nerfs? No, I don't think so. Moving no, on. No, but he, did he get nerfed to where he's completely unplayable? <laughs> Roadhog. <laughs> By the way, Roadhog main until season five until he's nerfed to be unplayable. Because Rig is still playable. Doomfist is still playable. The pros even said he's still playable. He's just not the go-to option. You just have to use a new style now. You can't just go in brain dead and punch things and slam things and shoot things. You have to actually think about your actions. You have to think about them before. Whereas Roadhog is just like, he can't do any damage now, so there's no point in a giant hitbox. You sound a, you sound a little mad there, brother. He's slowly coming back, but he's still not where I'd like him to be. I don't think anybody... I'd like a guaranteed insta-kill. You do. Put my hook on a 10-second cooldown. I don't care. When I grab someone, <laughs> they should be dead. Well, what if it's a tank? They should be dead. The tank can take half their health. I don't care. They're a tank. They're not supposed to die to one shot. Just the squishies. Even a sniper can't one-shot them. It still takes two headshots for a Widowmaker to take one down, so that's fine. But a daggum 200 HP hero with a shotgun to the face should die. They should be deleted from the team fight. Instantly deleted. And speaking of instantly deleted, we move on to McCree here, who has apparently been buffed back up with his right click. 
McWright so, click has returned. So his alternative fire damage is increased from 45 to 55. So his little fan the hammer is now has more damage, which apparently they did this because they wanted him to be better against high higher health heroes. So basically they want him to go and fan the hammer on a tank and run away. Essentially. So so 6 times 55 is a bullcrap number. <laughs> That's like, I can't do anything. So, yeah. So basically, they all watch the animated short again. They're like, man, McCree's not as good as he used to be. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah, pretty much it. So I don't know. I don't, like, I don't, I get, I, I just don't understand why you need to buff that, though. Because he's not supposed to be taking out higher health heroes. He's supposed to be taking out the lower health heroes, is he not? Or am I confused on his role in the life? Overwatch. He doesn't have a role right now. He's not in the meta, so I don't like them touching people that aren't in the meta. The problem is, is that they try to change the meta while the meta is still live, but they still have another hero that they're going to introduce later down the road. And it's like, you don't need to be tweaking things until that new hero is out. Or until the hero you released before has been figured out. Yeah, I know. That, like as, as Because least... as soon as that hero has been figured out, they become OP, and that's when you need to look at it. Not I mean, that, yeah, now. no, yeah, no. That's outside of Brigida. It takes players quite some time to figure out how a hero works. Like Doomfist, when he first released, everybody thought he was going to be OP, but then people learned that he's not as good as he was in the PTR, and then they let him go. And then three months pass, and now he's back into the meta. And, you know, same thing happens with you know like Arissa. Arissa's still not technically meta, but Moira. Uh, Anna took a little bit. Um, Hammond, I don't think he's ever coming around because he's just a big old alt sponge. Oh, no, Hammond's there if you have teamwork. That That's the thing with Hammond is you have to be working very well together. Interesting. Because he's such a giant freaking distraction. And now we're seeing that people are understanding that Bob is actually a good thing to have in a team fight. Hey, guys, we have a thrower. <laughs> just play Bob. Just go, just, Ash, get your ult. We'll have a six-man fight. Just put in oh, Bob. Oh, by the way, he'll never miss his shot, so we don't have to worry about that. He's a good DPS, unlike the The only other. struggle he has is realizing he's shooting at a shield, and he should probably stop. That's true. That's true. So that's, yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, I don't know. Blizzard just needs to wait and see what players do, and it usually, players are slow. Atypically. The thing is, they say they don't want to force a meta, but by tweaking people, they're forcing a meta. So either yeah. say you're trying to change the meta, or just don't say anything at all and make the changes. It's just that you can't say I we don't want to force a meta when all your changes are enforcing a certain meta. You cannot be tweaking a game and not be forcing a meta. There's no way around it. Every change you make changes the meta, which then enforces that meta because people gravitate towards whatever the meta is. Which the meta is just the most commonly used compositions of players and heroes. Yep. So it's like you can't not change something and then force a meta. So just stop saying you don't want to force a meta and just force a dag on meta. If you want people to play in two two twos, then force the two two two. 
But if you want everybody to be playable, that's not going to happen because there's going to be a meta and that is what people are going to play. And you're going to see numbers drop on certain heroes because they're not in the meta. Like Bastion. The closest they have gotten is like directly after Roadhog got obliterated and literally anything went. That is the closest they have gotten to what they wanted as a everybody can play whatever they want. Because people realize, hey, we can get away with being out of position and all this because Roadhog can't punish me anymore. I can be free. And so that is the closest they have gotten to their goal of everybody's playable. But you're not going to make everybody playable in every single situation. I mean, look what they've tried to do. You know, If you want to do that, then just make them a base model who picks a gun and goes out and shoots things. So like CSGO. Then every then every character is playable. Oh snap. Then all that matters is whichever gun you choose. Oh snap. Oh Game snap. like that like it's a it's a FPS slash MOBA. MOBAs. You have fifty plus characters. You think they're all being played at the exact same rate? No. 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 Someone is at the bottom of the list. Someone yep. has to be at the bottom, and someone has to be at the top. Very much so. Very much so. And so... I'm just, I'm just happy they got rid of their whole, well, we want everybody to be happy while they're playing. That's not going to happen. No, ever. no, it's not, because whoever's on the losing side is going to be mad, you know? And whoever's not getting, like, the experience they want is going to be mad. And there's no way to change that at all and so the next hero who never gets what you know the experiences he likes in life baggins can you take us to him what i did the last one hmm? oh no man no man i did mccree okay well soldier 76 his tactile visor no longer makes helix rocket lock on enemies so oh no the auto aim doesn't auto aim a rocket anymore which I never used the rocket while using tactical visor. I don't even know the rocket locked on. I no, just I just assumed it didn't because it, that was that it was does. It. But the the thing is about it though, the person has to be standing still or not move very far because even though you shoot the helix rockets, it still has travel time. So if it locks onto them in like in front of you, and if they move too far to the right, the rocket will miss and only do like AOE damage. Just have direct hit damage. Yeah. So there's barely any point to it locking on at exactly. all. Exactly. So, it's, it's, so I don't really see this as a problem. No, it's it's a nice like. Quality I don't even of know of anybody that really does launch the rockets. I launch the rockets. Because every time I see a POTG, they're just holding down left click. Like, nobody's ever launching their rocket at people. Because you don't think to do that because the rifle's locking on. You don't think of the Helix rockets as a part of that. Well, you know. Some of us do press the right click every once in a while. Well, yeah, but it's just it doesn't make any sense for the rockets to be locked on when they're not locked on by default. Mm. It's just weird. You know, lots of things are weird. With this poor hero. So, but another one that has a buff, which I don't know why he needed this, is Torbjorn's Molten Core. The damage has been increased from 130 to 160 per second. So I don't, I don't understand why his Molten Core needed to be buffed, because it was a pain in the butt as it was. So basically, it takes you know two seconds for him to kill a squishy, if that. It's like a second and a half almost. So. 
I don't I don't see the purpose. That seems too powerful to me. Well, seeing as it only goes in a specific area, you can avoid that area if you see him use it. The thing is, is what it'll do is that initial oh hey, he's spraying here. I gotta get out. That initial damage will be faster. I guess that makes sense. The only time it's OP is if you combo it with a grav, so they're all gonna be in it. Or if you combo it with an earth shatter. It's only powerful if it's comboed. Outside of that, it's just it's area denial. Denial. Yeah. yeah. So you're not really going to get a whole lot of kills with it unless you combo it with something, or the team's just stupid. Hmm. That's true. That's true. That makes sense. So when well, someone but... thinks I can just run through it, guys, don't worry. <laughs> and then they find out they can't. I got this, fam. I can run. Oh no, I'm out. Dang it. So that's all the patch notes for uh, right now for Overwatch. Very interesting stuff. Sadness for some, happiness for others. It's great. It's awesome. But not as awesome as the new game that we are super hyped about. And I'll let Baggins tell you about it because he is just sitting on the edge of his seat waiting for it to tell him the launch date. I'm looking now, seeing if they've announced it. <laughs> nope, still, still the same. It's okay. It's only been like three days, so I wouldn't expect anything to come out anyway. I wouldn't want new information. Ooh, jobs, jobs. What are they looking for? Anyways, since he's gonna be looking at the website more, so there's a new game. If those those of you who've played Minecraft before, <gasps> or been on, I can test software, and it's remote. And if you've done any kind of like server stuff, um, the server called Hypixel made their own studio, game studio called uh, Hi Hypixel Studios, and they have created their own game called Hytale. Now, Hytale is has uh, very much a Minecraft esque feel to it, but it's basically Minecraft like 5.0, essentially. But it has a lot better animations, has a better story. It seems like. And it also has a lot of cool features with it that are rather interesting. I mean, it's going to have its own kind of server setup and things like that. The story mode looks interesting. Again, the animations are neat. It looks like there's going to be different kinds of weapons you can use. Um, but if you're interested, go look at the trailer. If you just type in Hightail trailer on the YouTube, you should be able to find it. I think it's at around 2 to 3 million. H-Y-Tail. Yes, H-Y-Tail. So if you find it, and I mean, it's, it's rather, I'm excited for it. I really want to see how well this goes because I just like the look of it, the animation, you know, quality instead of my arms just being stiff and swinging back and forth because we used to be Minecrafters before we came to Overwatch. So this is kind of cool to see, to be honest. So I'm excited. And they also have backing from Riot Games and a few other big names. So... The previous CEO of Blizzard Entertainment is backing this project. I don't think Riot as a whole is backing it. I think it's just someone who works at Riot. I don't know. It's just a higher up at Riot. I think they said it was Riot Games themselves was backing it, though? No, it was just an individual. Was it just... Oh, okay. So they just... It was just an individual. So they just went and found tycoons to come help them. Is essentially what it is. So it's It's interesting. So, I mean, I'm excited for it. I really want to see how well this goes. Um, I hope, I wish them all the best because, you know, the Hypixel server was really good and I, I really did like it. So, so I'm excited to see where this all goes. Again, I just, I love the look of the game. 
I like the idea of there being a story. Okay, this article is saying it is just straight up riot, but another article I could have sworn had an actual just name attached to it, but you know. Yeah. Whatever. And then you have ex-Blizzard senior designer and producer Rob Pardo. Okay, so it wasn't the CEO. I could could have sworn it was. Man, you're just like but... making up lies now. Oh, shush. Well, that's why you correct them now. Well, people are still <laughs> listening. Just, I'm, I'm going to keep correcting. Good you. So. so the development has been going on since 2015. And uh, let's see here. Riot Games was introduced to them in 2016. And so, yeah, they're backed by Riot, which means they're going to have a really good, good, like, promotionals, I'm sure. I mean, the trailer that they released was really good. I enjoyed and it. And the trailer's all in-game. It is all in-game. Yeah. None uh, of it is animated outside of just that's what it's animated like in the game. Mm-hmm. It, it's really good. And one of the big things I really like about it is some of the creative aspects that you can do in it. it. It has a nice cinema mode, it looks like, so you can make your own, like, machinimas or whatnot in it. And so I'm excited about that. It's very geared towards you making your own content with it, like mm -hmm. Minecraft, where you have all the mods and you make your own stuff. It's highly geared towards that. I mm -hmm. mean, it's still going to have your survival, and it's going to have the community servers and all that, but it's also just very geared towards... Like, they just straight up say it is highly supportive of mod creation. They have mod creating tools that are built in that you can use. So you don't have to be like, okay, let's find a program that I can use to type all this up and, you know, all that. It yeah. has it built into the daggum thing. So mm -hmm. you can run you your own use, scripts. You can run your own, you know, just different things. And you can, you make, can make your, your I believe they have, you can make your own models in and all that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's. It's like yep. there's no point in using outside resources because that's what's going to work best with it. So it's just making it a whole lot easier. Yeah, they, yeah it gives you your own it. modeling and animation tools. So it's really good. So like, you know, for another server that Baggins plays on Lord of the Rings mod, they could easily just, you know, make their own thing here in Hytale or somebody else could. And you're, you're part of another project that could easily, I feel like, transfer over and do it here. It depends on it. the language that they wrote this in. I, mean, I imagine it's not written in Java. If it is, then kudos to them. But I feel like it'd be more written in C++ and C Sharp. Maybe. And all that. Because... That's one thing you, that would be nice You can to still mod those games. And especially since they're giving you the tools that will make the modding easier. Like, I know things like Skyrim and stuff that are a little harder to mod just because A, the language, and B, wasn't really meant for that. Whereas this one is fully geared towards you... Are going to have the capability to mod our game we want you to do this mm -hmm. and so then therefore the, it's gonna have to be a pretty easy thing to do or fairly easy as long as you have any confidence in programming yeah so that's that i think it's gonna be nice i'm excited for it i really want to know when its launch date is or when the beta is going to be coming out because i did sign up for that blasted beta so i better get in i'm just saying i'm, gonna, I'm starting to work on a thumbnail i'm gonna start working on a thumbnail pretty soon dudes I got I gotta have that thumbnail ready, so I just plop in a background. <laughs> plop it in, plop it in. So it's 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 hype, bro. It's a hype for Hightail, bro. So yeah, go check it out. Um and just tell us what you guys think. I'm excited for it. I don't know if it's because of my former Minecraft background and I really miss playing Minecraft almost. But this really hypes it up. I really do like it. It's really nice. 
And so with that being said, other hype that's out there is, I know this is a little delayed and really, really late, but the full schedule for Overwatch League Season 2 has been released. And it's rather interesting. So uh, the way they have this built is that a majority of all the games are going to be played at the Blizzard Arena there in L.A. But there will be three weeks that they'll be traveling to go to different cities. So in Stage 2, Week 4, teams will be going to Dallas to play uh, there with the Dallas Fuel, which should be interesting. That will be the first, like, away game kind of setup that they have going. And then... In stage three, week five, they'll be going to Atlanta, which kind of surprised me that Atlanta was able to do that. So I don't, I, I guess they were able to find a stadium. Maybe they're going to the Mercedes Benz Stadium. That'd be interesting. And then in stage four, the final week, they'll be going to back into LA to the Valiant Homestead. I don't know what that even, like, why would you go back to LA and just go up the street? Like, I feel like that's a lame thing. They should have gone over to the EU. That would have been cool, but. That's just me. It could be that the EU doesn't have anything ready. How can London not have an event center? That's my thing. Or Paris. Like, like for real stuff. They obviously chose these locations for a reason. I mean, well, I'm surprised they didn't go to Korea or anything. Or go over to China. Like, I feel like they would get more of a crowd there. I don't know. With foreign relations, things can get crazy. True story true story and so i'm not gonna go through and tell you all the matches or whatnot you can go and look for them yourself on the overwatch league uh website it's all kind of interesting i'm excited give them week one give them week one give them week one stage one one week one stage one so it's all gonna kick off for the season on thursday february 14th with the rematch of the uh title game or the you know season one champions and the runner-up philadelphia fusion and london spitfire so i feel like that's gonna be Again, another hard-fought game. I feel like Philly's going to have a lot to prove since they lost to London so hard last time. And then the game coming up after that will be New York Excelsior versus Boston Uprising. New York hasn't really changed their lineup except for releasing one of their tanks, which, in all honesty, was their weakest link, in my opinion. So I'm not exactly... And then they gained flower. Yeah, and then they gained flower. So we got, like, triple DPS threats. So it's great. It's great. And then Boston Uprising is kind of a mess. They've lost, like, they got rid of a lot of good players, but I think they gained a few good ones. So it's intriguing to see how they're going to do in this upcoming deal because they picked up fusions from the British uh, World Cup team, who was really good, if I remember correctly, and just the way he played tank. So I'm excited to see them go. And then after that is Soul Dynasty versus the Los Angeles Gladiators. So basically, Fissier gets to beat up his old team is basically what that is. So, um, Los Angeles Gladiators have lost a few players. Fissure was one of the, the biggest uh, losses that they had because Fissure literally carried Gladiators last season through a lot of stuff. So, with him going over to Soul Dynasty, it's going to be interesting to see how well that goes. And Soul Dynasty did a little bit of cleaning up of house. They got rid of Guido, got rid of Gambler, they got rid of Miro, they got rid of uh, Zypher, I think, too. So, I am i don't know why they did what they did. For I mean, again, they screwed themselves up last season by bringing in Gambler and saying we're going to build around Gambler, where they had great synergy with Toby and Jae Hung. So maybe with this new kind of lineup they got going, maybe things will be better. And with Fissure there, that's gonna I feel like the team's going to do really well. And then the final game on Thursday will be the Shanghai Dragons versus the Spark. I hope Shanghai can win. They, they need to start off the season good with at least one win and break the streak 
so they can start with a clean slate, not be saying, oh, we're going to go to, oh, and, you know, 58. You know, I don't, I don't want that to happen to Shanghai, but, you know, it's a possibility. Shanghai had a lot of roster shakeups, too. Um, apparently, the website's not updated to all of them because all they list here on the website is Ginguri, Dia, and Fearless. I feel like that's not accurate, so thank you, uh, Overwatch League website, for not updating yourself to have the full rosters. I'd have to look at the other stuff. But from what I could tell, they have a pretty interesting kind of mix-up once again. So it's going to be – I hope they do well and they can do good. And so the Hung They Hungju just need at least one win. Just, just, just one. one. Just one, and I'll be happy for them. I will be uber happy for them. And then everybody's – like the fan favorite, just because they all have pink, which is a dumb reason to do this is the Hangzhou Spark. And so, I don't really know much about them other than Crystal and Guix. Guix? 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 I don't know. And they were on the Chinese team, and I know Guix was a really good tank, and he was just uber crazy and just really good at what he was doing. His Reinhardt plays were amazing. And so, I'm excited to see how well that works out, but uh, I don't know the rest of the Spark. I'm hoping that there's going to be a preseason so we can all see and fully, you know, be able to understand what all is going on. And so that's the end of Thursday. On Friday the 15th, the first game there is going to be the Defiant and Houston Outlaws. Uh, De Toronto Defiant seems like an interesting team. I mean, I don't know a lot of them. The only one that I do know is Asher from the LA Gladiators. He moved to Toronto uh, to play for them. And Neko. Neko moved from uh, Boston to move uh, to play for Toronto. So an Envy's here too. Oh, dang. Man, I did not fully read this list. Envy from the LA Valiants there too. So, you know, you got three good Overwatch League players. Asher did a great job with the LA Gladiators, so I expect great things from him. Neko was, I believe there's Zenyatta before Aim God came in. Yeah, that's that's about right. And so Neko did a great job, I feel like. I mean, again, got outshine, kind of like what happened with Shadowborn and EQO. And then Envy, I think Envy just got beat out in the uh, internal scrims. So, Basically. But he, yeah, he was a good D.Va player, so I don't see them having an issue at all. Uh, doing things with that. And the Houston Outlaws, um, their garbage team, uh, literally carried by Linkser. Uh, they lost several players, but they picked up Dante. So I'm intrigued to see how Dante fits into this, if Dante will take over Jake's spot. so that Because you can't get rid of Linkser. Like, you can't, because he's literally the guy carrying your team to victory. If you take out Linkser and replace him with Dante or something, I don't... Excuse me, I don't see that working out because Jake can't play anything other than Junkrat. Dante has a deeper hero pool. I don't know about Aaron. We only saw him play like once or twice, and it was usually to replace Linkser half the time. So I'm intrigued to see how that works out. I don't know. If Dante and Linkser are the ones starting, I could see them doing pretty good. But I just I don't I don't I don't like them. So I'm hoping Toronto wins. And then Atlanta versus the Florida Mayhem. So this is where we get to see how well this glass cannon works for Atlanta because we all know DeFran's going to start because if he doesn't, he's going to throw a hissy fit and start throwing games and things like that. So uh, we know DeFran's starting, so we'll see how well they do. I mean, it is Florida Mayhem, and I know for a fact they're not going to show me the full – oh, no, they have the full roster here for Florida Mayhem, but not for Shanghai. Thank you. So the only ones who stayed for Florida Mayhem were Tavik, Saya Player, and awesome guy who's now going by SNT. So they have a bit more of a... Oh, and they have, and they have Zypher here from uh, the Soul Dynasty here who's traded over. So their kind of lineup is interesting. New players 
I mean, Tavik's the only one that's not from the Asian servers, so this is going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really intrigued to see how well that goes for Florida and how everything works out for them. And then Atlanta, I mean, I don't know a lot of the names other than DeFran, so I'm intrigued to see how well that goes. And then the third game on Friday is my boy is Dallas Fuel taking on the San Francisco Shock. So, you know, Dallas Fuel had a rough season one. Coaching errors, XQC throwing, things like that. Not really XQC throwing, just XQC being XQC and being XQC. So, but I think with the fact that we have Arrow now as head coach, we have several players back. I'm not excited that effect is back because if something goes wrong in this first week or in this first stage, he's running back to Korea. I guarantee it. If, if if the Dallas field does not make it to the stage playoffs, I feel like Effect's going to run. I feel like Effect's just going to go back and not care about the team. But I'm hoping Arrow's, like, killed that kind of thought process in him and made him understand that, you know, you have to stick with the team. There's, there's no point in you being here if you're not going to stick it out with everybody else. So, you know, I'm excited for them. And then with the pickups that Dallas Fuel had with Zach Tree and RCK, I am excited to see how well they go with those. And then getting closer from London Spitfire. That's going to help Harry Hook because Harry Hook was never really much a mercy. So this gives us a stronger mercy to have along with having Harry Hook and Uncle being switched out for off supports. So I'm intrigued to see how well that goes. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so hoping they do well this season. Then San Francisco Shock had a few kind of jazzes up here and there. Um, they got rid of Dante and traded him off, but they picked up Smurf. They got Striker. From the Boston, you know, uprising. So I don't, know, I don't know why you would get Striker because you already have Sinatra. I guess if you wanted Sinatra to play Widow and Striker to play um, Tracer, that would work out well. But like, I don't. They have so many DPS players here. They also have Rascal, which Rascal did play for Dallas Fuel for a little bit, and then he left. I don't know if it's because of Kai Kai or whatever, but you know, it's all in the past now. It's all in the past. So I'm hoping Dallas Fuel can win that out. It'd be great. It'd be great. And then the last game on Friday will be the Chengdu Hunters going against the Gongzu Charge. So this will be an interesting one because as Baggins heard from Jane, he thinks that the Chengdu Hunters will do well this season. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because apparently their head coach is the former head coach of the Chinese team that was in the World Cup and beat out Canada. So I'm intrigued. Personal vendetta. Very much a personal vendetta. And then the charge. I mean, again, I don't know much about these new teams because it's a lot from contenders and stuff, which I don't follow contenders. And even if I did, contenders is a totally different monster than the Overwatch League. So I can't judge off of their performance in there to this. And so just running through the rest of these, on Saturday we'll have the London Spitfire against Paris Eternal. And excited to see Paris Eternal do some stuff. Um, they're the only fully EU team in the EU. Well, saying there's only London and Paris. Paris has a vendetta against London. It's great. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know how well they'll do against London Spitfire, but if London Spitfire loses to Philly, I feel like Paris might have a chance, in my opinion. And then the Washington Justice gets welcomed to the freaking Overwatch League by taking on NYXL. So that's a loss right there. That's They're done. It's over. It's just not happening because, you know, it's... It's NYXL. There's there's no stopping those people. Be interesting, though, to see Janice go against his former team, though, since he will be from 
be on the Washington uh, Justice doing that. And so Washington Justice, yeah, they have a tank from NYXL, but it was their weakest tank. But their weakest tank could be strong with the Washington Justice. So I'm intrigued to see how well that all is going to work out. They also have Edo from Shanghai, who was did a fantastic job. Uh, playing for them and did some great stuff there. And then Guido from Soul Dynasty is here. Uh, I mean, he was a good Zenyatta. I can't deny that. So I'm excited to see how well they all do. Washington Justice, I have I have hopes for you, my friends. I have hopes. And then we got the LA Valiant taking on the Hangzhou Spark. Um, you know, I think LA might win that one out because I don't think the Spark will do that well. And then on the, the, the to wrap up saturday the vancouver titans will make a debut and go against the shanghai dragons um i would like to say it's not going to be an easy clap but it's probably gonna be an easy clap uh for shanghai for dragons yeah okay. exactly because i get it guys i get it vancouver titans it's all runaway uh-huh i never heard a runaway until the overwatch league because they said oh runaway's the best in korean contenders uh-huh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. So was Seoul Dynasty, and so was uh, Dallas Fuel, and so was Florida Mayhem, and we saw where they all ended up in Season 1. So maybe that will change? You can say, oh, well, there's an all-Korean roster. So was Seoul Dynasty, guys, and they fell hard. They fell hard. They, they didn't even make it to, you know, the playoffs for Season 1. So... Just because they're great in contenders does not mean they're going to be great in the Overwatch League. And now I will eat my words if they do do well. Like, I I hope they can do a decent performance, but I want Shanghai to win gums. So I have faith in Shanghai. So it's intriguing to see what Vancouver will do. But yeah, that will wrap up Saturday. And then on Sunday, we start off with the Houston Outlaws going against the Boston Uprising. Kind of went over them already. Boston should win. And then we go to Philadelphia Fusion versus the Atlanta Reign. That should be a very interesting matchup. Again, um, Glass Cannon for Atlanta because you know they're going to be playing to France. So you already know half of their you know strats there. So I'm intrigued to see how that goes. And then the next game after that is going to be San Francisco Shock versus the LA Gladiators. Excited to see that one, to be honest, because that should be a very decent kind of matchup. Because they, sh I feel like they're on the kind of similar skill level, but uh, you know, I'm excited to see. And then to wrap up the whole week, it's gonna be Soul Dynasty versus Dallas Fuel. So yeah, hopefully the Fuel can pull that one out. I feel like they can. They got the power, my friends, to do that. I feel like they're gonna have a lot of synergy uh, coming out of this off season. I'm excited to see that. Uh, and I feel like Seoul's been able to re rebuild and, you know, become a better team. So it's going to be really good. I'm excited. Excuse me. Super excited. And so with all that being read off, uh, I'm going to let Baggins open up talking about his power rankings. Oh, we're back now. Okay. So. You told me to go through the schedule. Yeah, just to list it off, not be like, this is what they got. This is what they got. I was just going for a. This is day one. This is day two. This guy going ham crazy with the. This is what their roster is. Because some people don't the know power the ranking roster. is where you discuss the rosters. And oh everything. my goodness! And you should have told me to read off the schedule. You should have said that can be discussed when we get to the power rankings. That's all. That's all you I, have to do. You just have to pop in. Go, I didn't think you're gonna go into depth on the teams when you're just supposed to read a schedule. You know, communication is key. As is in all Overwatch League teams. 
Anyway, so my power ranking, there are 20 teams. So if you would like to write this down at home, you can. I don't really care. I wasn't. I'm more basing it off of my general opinion on the team itself and not really what players they have because, as you heard, there's a lot of players coming in from contenders. I don't follow contenders. Or he's going to go south or something's going to happen. And then I have Shanghai above that at number 16 because I really want them to do good. I really hope that they can. This is really just a hope placement in doing that. Uh, Toronto is at number 15 because, eh, you know, it's, it's Toronto. I don't, since we don't know how well they're going to play in the Overwatch League, it's kind of hard to judge all these new teams. I get it. They were in contenders. I get it. They're probably gods there, but here there's a difference. Not everybody's going to be Jonak, just ripped out of the ladder and be gods. So calm down. Number 14, I have Florida Mayhem because I feel like they have kind of jazzed it up. I don't think DeVic's going to be played as much as we think he is. So I think they're going to have a lot of good communication and I think the coaching is going to be a lot better too. So I hope good for them and then i have charge at 13 just just because i want to give them hope along with the spark i have them at 12 for the skins you know they're at 12 but then at 11 i have vancouver because you know they i think they'll be probably the best expansion team one of the best expansion teams coming in um just for their simple fact of runaway but again this is all going to depend on how they can hold their own in the overwatch league and then number 10 i have boston because I have hopes that they can maybe get over whatever the heck happened to them at the end of the season and get better. And then I have at number nine, the Los Angeles Gladiators. Because, yeah, you know, they lost Fissure, they lost Asher, but, you know, they were doing fairly okay before Fissure had to come along. So hopefully they've learned how to readapt and be able to play without Fissure. Because, I mean, he was. He was a good carry for the team, but he wasn't obviously dedicated the team enough to have to stay and so i mean i'm intrigued to see what their new tank roar will do so maybe he'll be able to help the team out and be more of a team player in that kind of a sense so i'm excited to see how that goes for them and then at number eight i have paris eternal um i'm just really hoping that they do well because i want them to be a good team just for the simple fact that they are solidly an eu team it's a rare rare find to have a team that has nothing but you know EU players, or even just, you know, has not a single Korean in the bunch, essentially. So I'm excited to see how well they do. Um, and I think they'll do fairly well, because Soon was an amazing DPS when he was on the Valiant. So I feel like he's going to help carry that kind of uh, expertise on. And then with having Shadowburn there, he'll be able to help support that. And then you got Cruz there, who was a support for the uh, great referred the united kingdom world cup team and he was really good so i'm happy to see him there and it's just it's going to be a great time and then ben beast i believe was also on the united kingdom team and he was a great tank so i'm excited i'm excited just just hyped for them so hyped and then at number seven i have the los angeles valiant because they can't be higher than certain things so they're down there at number seven because because they're valiant and at number six i have chengdu hunters so they can be a little bit higher up and more powerful than the Valiant. And then at number five, I have Soul because they're my true nemesis. At number four, I have Dallas Fuel because I believe they'll do better and they'll be able to at least make the playoffs this year and be able to be in a couple of the stage finals, I feel like. And then at number three, I have Philadelphia Fusion because, yes, they made it all the way to the end. They haven't really changed their roster, but 
even with the changes, I feel like they won't be able to take out one and two. So with that said, number two is London Spitfire, reigning champions. I get that. But as Baggins said, I feel like NYXL threw and was sandbagging in the playoffs for some mentally insane reason. So I don't see why London could do a repeat. If London does a repeat, I'll be amazed. But my number one is NYXL because all they lost was Janice and they gained Flower, who was a god DPS in the 2017 World Cup. And yeah, it's going to be scary having him, Pine, in SPB running around doing stuff. I'm not excited about that. So yeah, those are our power rankings. Let us know what you think. The only one we had the same was the Dragons. They're both at the number 16 spot. That's amazing. Glad we could think at least on the same token with Shanghai. <laughs> they they can do things, but they're still going to be at the bottom. I'm sorry. We believe in you, Shanghai, enough to get at least one win. We believe. 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 So those are our power rankings. Let us know what your power rankings are in the comments down below. And just, uh, yeah. Yeah, have fun with it, guys. And so going to quickly try and get through these next two topics. Um, open Division happened a little while ago, signing up Trash. for it. And Baggins is on a team that went to Open Division. You guys are like, what, Trash. high gold, low plat team? Is that what you guys are labeled as? Pretty much. So tell us what Basically. your first game was. Who did you play? We played a GM team. Now, okay, disclaimer for everybody. Open Division, apparently, you know, this is not what the name really implies, is more meant for Masters and Grandmaster teams to go in, grind up to the top of the tournament, and then have a shot at becoming a contenders team. The name Open Division does not imply that this is the case. Now, apparently, everybody else on my team knew this information. I did not. All I figured was, hey, they're going to put us against another plat team because open division implies that you're going to be going against similar ranks. I mean, they, 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 even say the that, they, they even say that in the promotional video that you yes, watch for, open video, for the path to pro. That you're put we, against teams, teams of, of the similar, same rank. Yeah, of similar, similar rank or similar skill. So, so my thing is... If it's just supposed to be Masters and GM, that line would not be necessary in the video because they're already Masters and GM. Yeah, so it's You like... can put a Masters against a GM and there's not a whole lot of difference. Not not a whole lot. Yeah, it'd just be like games in, in, in the end, it's like one player plays more than the other. I mean, I don't think there's a huge gap between Masters and GM. I could be wrong. Maybe there is a really big gap. But, you know, I don't feel like a Masters doesn't have the potential to be a GM. It's just they don't put enough effort to be a GM. Nice. So we, we go against a GM team, you know, get absolutely slaughtered. Game two, we go against a top 500 team because that makes sense. So yes. we get absolutely obliterated again. Our third game had to be canceled. Basically, we won by default because they didn't even show up. <laughs> Yay, win by default. My <laughs> favorite then, kind of win. And then our fourth game was against a same level team. It took four games to get there, but, you know. But they really didn't want to be in open division anymore, so I feel like they're just kind of sandbagging. So, you know, there's, <laughs> there's that. So, in the end, it's been a pretty trash experience. So, um, basically, you finally met a team that was plat on your fourth game 
and they probably met you know the same amount of like GMs that you did. And they're like, yeah, we're just kind of done. It, it's probably yes, it's probably the exact same thing. My thing is, if you're going to advertise it as open division, then make it an open division. Otherwise, call it GM division. Yeah. Don't call it open division. There is a reason things are named a certain way, is so that the first impression you should be able to understand generally what it is. Agreed. Agreed. And so open division says everybody gets to play, which everybody does get to play. You could be a bronze team and go into open division. But I would highly discourage said bronze <laughs> team to do that because you're never going to go anywhere because they're going to put you against GMs. Yeah, you're not making it Every, to the top. Everybody on my team's like, well, they can't, you know, there's 800 plus teams. I don't care. There's a thing called systems in place that are already in Overwatch that rank that puts you against same ranked teams. Yeah, I know. They've so... had this technology for the last two years. They could implement it here. Yeah, but it's see, but they're only they're only hard. using Battlefy, so it's not like and that yeah, and that's the other thing. It's not even like an official official thing. They're using a third party website. Mm -hmm. They're not even using any of their own stuff. It's annoying. And so it's all just a big old mess. And it's like, I get it. It's Path to Pro. And, you know, plats and stuff aren't really supposed to be here. Then don't call it Open Division. And don't let the lower teams even get in. If their team is too low, then you don't let them in. And everybody's like, well, they can just fake whatever their team thing is. That's why there's a thing called background checks. <laughs> so they can, they can just do their alt accounts. Then that's their own problem. You know, you're going to have that. You can only avoid so much. But I know. The general population are not savages and are going to lie about their SR just so that they can get crushed by GM teams. True. They're going to want to play against the same SR teams. So the general population will tell the truth and be like, we're a plat team. Okay, you are not eligible. Get out. This yeah. is Masters and GM. All they have to do is advertise it as a Masters and GM because those are the ones that are going to be eligible for contenders in the first place. So true, Mr. Baggins. So true. So it's just like there's no point to this being called Open Division. There isn't really. It's, there's zero uh... point. And you you only learn so much by getting steamrolled. So you can say I mean... all day long, well, you can learn from the GMs. It's like, I don't think so. Not not enough. Not by being steamrolled. And you don't get into a voice chat after the match. Everybody's typing in the text chat. So it's not like you're really discussing that much anyway because nobody wants to type that much. Yeah, no. I watched I watch the two matches that Baggins was in with, with the GMs in the uh, top 500 one. The GM one, yeah, that was a bit of a vicious one. And all they said was, yeah, you guys were just grouped up too much. You never, like, did any strategies. It's like, well, duh. That, that's an obvious. Thank you so much, Captain Crunch. For that one so but again Baggins's team is a little interesting at the moment so but and then the top 500 one okay they played like a legit comp on the first map of the first control map and that was it and then after that they went six dps for the rest of it and just shredded their team so there's nothing really much you could learn from that other than you all were just not focusing a single target at a time because the top 500 team basically went mccree Ash, Widow, Hanzo, they went a lot of long-ranged heroes. And so it's like, you know, there's only so much you can do and learn from those kind of situations. I get it, losses are best to learn from, but 
as Baggins says, being steamrolled, all it tells you is that you learn the first move, you failed. So that's about all you can get. And when you're going against a six stack, it doesn't really work out. Or a six DPS stack, I should say. There's nothing to really learn other than they have a lot of damage output and you're back in quick play. So, so that's just me. Yeah, no, it, it was just like, if you are expecting to get steamrolled, it's still no fun to get steamrolled. It's like, it just feels like a waste of time. Exactly. So and if you're all expecting to be thing steamrolled. Is, is like, if you are below masters, don't even bother. Just don't. Find other things to go into. There are low SR tournaments. Do those instead. Build your way up. <laughs> go there. Get Screw masters. open division. Then go to open division. Yeah. Yeah, it just it doesn't sound like your manager, whoever was signing this up, didn't fully think this plan through. So, but no, so now now we're here, and they don't want to leave. So it's like you know, it's whatever. Hopefully, the the other thing is too though. Hopefully, by this point, there have been enough games going on that the bracket has just naturally been turned into you're actually going against your rank. And that's the thing. The first like couple of games, everybody has a clean slate, so everybody's zero zero zero. Hopefully, by this point. The the actual masters and GM teams have like the three O or four O or whatever record, so they're at the top while everybody else is in the bottom. So the, it'll just have naturally balanced itself out. Which is not how that should happen to be. In no, it should never work that way. But hopefully from now on we won't be going against super high level teams unless there's just a team that is literally throwing just to be in the lower tier. That'd be nice. That'd be so nice. So hopefully it's just naturally balanced itself out and, you know, the games will be a little closer and we can actually learn from them. But, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so to end off this whole week and whatnot, my, the random thought of the week, are mechanical pencils better? It, it depends on what you're using the pencil for. Yeah, just normal, just normal pencil stuff. I don't. I don't know. If it's just normal pencil-y stuff, then yeah, because you don't have to have a sharpener with you at all times. But, I mean, you feel just... I feel like you feel better with, the, you know, the normal pencil because you can sharpen it with, your, with, with like, a blade or something. I've so honestly... Cool. I, I, I hate using normal pencils now just for the simple fact that I have to sit there and sharpen it. Yeah, and but, I could be taking notes. But it's cheaper to, you know, go and get... You know, just the normal pencils instead of. I don't really think so, the though, one because by the, 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 the normal pencil. pencil will eventually run out, and you have to keep on buying more pencils. With like with mine, mine's made out of stainless steel. My pencil is not breaking unless I take out the plastic pieces inside and literally snap them personally. It's not gonna break. But the you casing lose the whole is ambiance. I don't need ambiance. I need a pencil that I don't need to replace, and the lead isn't that expensive. You can get like a five pack for like two bucks. That's the same. That's like so many reloads of the pencil. Whereas I have to buy a whole nother pack of pencils, normal pencils, that are just going to be ground down, and then at a certain length, they're basically unusable. So you no. don't get to utilize the whole pencil. Yeah, you do. You just, you yeah, just... if you're a weirdo that uses the daggum nub, like <laughs> you can't hold that. Yes, you can. That's dude, holding the dude, that that's point. that's exactly what you do. You just hold the nub and you ride it out, bro. No, no. Yeah, no. that's how you. That's how. And that's another thing. The length of the pencil never changes with a mechanical pencil, so you don't eventually end up with this weird gripped 
trying to like hold on to this pencil that's too small now, but you don't want to waste the rest of the pencil. Well, that's when you get like a straw and you shove it into the eraser no, and then you extend no, it. No, you just use a mechanical pencil if you're writing a lot. No. Now for drawing, you use a traditional pencil because the, you know, the lead or graphite or whatever you want to call it, it's graphite now because lead's dangerous. Don't danger, danger, danger. But, danger, you know, the danger, graphite's danger. of a different quality and texture, so it works better for drawing to have a traditional pencil than a mechanical. I still draw with a mechanical. It's just if I'm sitting there in class, wanting you know, I'm bored out of my mind, and I'm just kind of like drawing something. I'm not trying to make anything super intense out of it. So if you're actually going on a full-blown drawing, a traditional pencil is better. Don't use a mechanical one, unless somehow you found graphite sticks that are of different softnesses. Then technically you could, but you're still missing out on the whole. You could turn the pencil like at a different angle and you get a thicker line or a thinner line depending on what angle you're at with with a mechanical pencil it's the same width no matter what i, I mean, mean you can still you can still do art with mechanical pencils it's just generally if you're wanting to do something super fancy it's going to be a whole lot easier if you use a traditional pencil so why don't you just use a traditional pencil for everything though why buy because why i buy two different uh, pencils because I'm all one. I'm not always near a trash can. You don't have don't to, to be. And I don't want to. You can get one of those cool, around. like little sharpeners no. that has its own no. little case in it. No. You can just sharpen yeah, and you it. Wanna, you want to know what happens when it's in the backpack and it, you know, unhinges itself? <laughs> then I have a backpack to clean out. Okay. Put it in I've your. I've had this happen one too many times. All right. Then don't not, don't put it in your backpack. For, I'm not paying for a high quality Dagum sharpener that will never unlock itself. When I could just carry around a mechanical pencil, that I don't have to worry about it. But then you have to worry about your lead container thingy opening and getting all over the place, and you break all your graphite sticks. I've never had the lead container open ever. I have. I have never had the container open because I have like one that actually locks itself. Well, then why can't you get like a little sharpener that locks itself? Like, because what, I already what's have the a difference? pencil that I spent five bucks on. And it's stainless steel, and I don't need to replace it. Okay. I get it. You, you you can flaunt your little fancy pencil, but for those of us who have budgets... getting You getting... buy the pencil once, and you don't need another. Unless you lose them constantly, then that's your own daggum problem. Mr. Baggins, how... Don't really? lose them. <laughs> don't lose the expensive device, Johnny. There's a reason there's only two in the pack, is because you shouldn't need more than two. One to put in a bag, and one that just kind of floats around. I don't know, man. But, you know, if those of us who don't buy the fancy metal ones, and we only get, like, the plastic ones... The plastic ones are trash. You might as well just use a normal pencil. Oh, at that point, then, it's okay to swap over to a well, normal Well, like, with the pencils you have that, like, it's the 100 mechanical pencils, I start riding with those, and the lead starts going back into the pencil with normal pressure. Yeah. The pencil's not supposed to do that. Yeah. That's the point in a mechanical pencil is that it doesn't do that. Well, then that's why you stick with the normal pencil because... Yes, if in it's... that situation, you stick with a normal one. But just fork out the money, buy <laughs> the pencil once, and don't lose it. So your lesson here is to go and buy the expensive mechanical pencil. You can buy two pencils that would you normally get like maybe 20 or 30 normal pencils with. 
but the pencil's not going to break because it's made out of stainless freaking steel. And the lead is not expensive. What kind of like, what, what kind of pencil is this, Mr. Baggins, in case our it's... listeners want to go and buy one? Uh, that's a good question. See, he doesn't even know. That's why it's so No, crappy. I know the brand name, but I, I like to give him the whole actual thing. It's a uh, it's a zebra M three o one, zebra M three millimeter, zebra three zebra M three o one. So there he goes, guys. According to Baggins, this is the only pencil you ever need in your life. There's this one. There is another one that I've used that it does have a plastic casing, but like a metal tip, and it was a pretty good pencil. I know uh, Draw with Jazza uses it. It's a pretty decent pencil, but I like my zebra. Zebras. The only thing that's ever broken on my zebra is the clip that you use to clip onto your shirt or something. But that's because I was literally just pushing on it, trying to make it break. So <laughs> it wasn't just it naturally broke. It's like I was actually just pushing on it so many times that uh, um, it came out because I put enough pressure on it one day that, you know. That, that was me trying to break it. It wasn't just uh, it ended up breaking. That I'm here me. to wreck it. That was me trying to get the clip out. So Fair enough. The only, pro the only issue with mechanical pencils is that, especially this one, the eraser is really small. Like, really, really small. <laughs> and so you end up carrying around a separate eraser. But, I mean, even with traditional pencils, you do end up carrying around a separate eraser because those things don't last that long. Especially if you have a lot to erase, so that's why you get the giant eraser. You're you're in the same boat no matter what. That's why you get the giant eraser. That's like literally a brick. No, you get the white erasers because those actually erase the page. So does my brick one. No, the pink ones suck. <laughs> but it's a giant eraser. All the traditional tools suck. Okay. <laughs> Technology now is better. Fifty cent and get a white eraser. Like, I don't even think the price is that much different between a white and pink eraser set. I don't know. It's got to be. If something anything, else. it might be a dollar more, and it's like, but you still get three erasers either way, and the white ones do a better job, and I'm pretty sure they're actually bigger than the pink erasers. Maybe. 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 So, well, that brings us to the end of this episode, guys. A little bit longer than normal because, A, we were late getting this episode out due to finals and other stuff. And, B, we're going to be gone again for another long time till probably the second week of January, something like that. So, yeah. So, if you did enjoy, leave a like, share with your friends and whatnot. If you're listening on SoundCloud, I've already had to start the process of deleting older episodes to upload these newer ones. So if you are wanting to listen to older episodes, head over to Anchor. They should all be there. Or go to our YouTube channel, and uh, you can listen and watch with the cool little visual effects that are there uh, as well. Um, but outside of that, guys, it was great listening. Have a great Christmas, and enjoy your New Year's Eve and whatnot. And we will see you in 2019. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Me. And cut record.